Hello and welcome to today's episode of the MLM.com podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and today we're joined uh, by Trent Spratling from Count. Trent, how are you doing? Doing fantastic, Kenny. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, before we, we dive into it, um, why don't you give us a little bit of background on Count and, and on yourself and, and some of your experience? Yeah, you bet. So I've been working at Count. Count's an online fraud mitigation provider. I'm a sales executive here. been working with direct sellers for about three years. I cover that vertical here at Count. And there's a lot of different ways fraud can creep in for a direct seller than a standard e-commerce retailer. And so I help merchants identify what those are and, and try to shore that up by using the technologies and capabilities we have. And I really enjoy it and got been able to work with uh, quite a few direct sellers, some pretty well-known names. You know, and and I think that that's interesting. Let's start with with what you said about how direct selling can actually be a little bit different than than some other uh, methods of e-commerce. Uh, maybe dive into that a little bit. What what is it that can be different about monitoring fraud when you're working with a direct sales company? Yeah, you bet. So typically, if you just looked at a standard retailer, let's say that they're just you know selling physical goods. You know, they're going to get credit card fraud or people using stolen credentials buying their products. And, um, you know, and then there could be some account takeover issues. And there's a lot that goes in with that. So I'm not trying to dumb that down. But when you look at a uh, a direct seller, you know, you've got opportunities for people becoming a distributor and then, you know, doing commission fraud or people you know, let's say you are a distributor and you start buying from yourself and trying to commit commission fraud, uh, guest checkout where it is like a retailer. So you get all those things. And then, you know, you got people putting their distributor number on their social media account. So somebody grabs that to look like a good customer and they're, you know, there's just more ways for them to disguise looking like a good customer. And then you add on top the ability to earn a commission it can really um, drive and put a target on your back. And in fact, count was was created out of that space where third-party sellers drive the revenue for a business. And so we've worked really well in the direct space because of that background. We're the only ones in the industry that was born and created for that exact use case. You know, and it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that I've been re- researching in, in preparing for this podcast is I think a lot of people, and who knows, maybe I'm just behind in the times, but I think a lot of people think of fraud as, okay, let's check that the credit card number being used is really owned by the person whose name is on it. And you've got, you know, the, the CVV and, you know, a few things to the, the proper billing address, billing zip code and things like that. But one of the things that stood out to me as I was researching this that you guys do is you actually can utilize a lot of additional data points uh, to help target beyond just that credit card information. Um, and, and I thought maybe you could could dive into that. What are some of the benefits of using additional uh, bits of data to, to help weed out the good guys from the bad guys? Yeah, you bet. So, yeah, I mean, it is pretty common for people to say, you know, when you think about preventing fraud, oh, is that card valid or is it on a stolen list or is it, you know, 
a real card. Well, you know, honestly, that's we can I we can go online right now and buy a stolen identity with the name, their address, their email, their spouse's name, their their kids. What you can get so much scary how much data they can get. Five years ago, merchants account would say, "Oh yeah, we could." tell when we were getting fraudulently, you know, fraud attempts hitting our website because, you know, the, the off percentage of passing the authorization was pretty low. Well, those very same merchants now come to us and say, oh, yeah, we actually look at all of the orders that were approved for off because all of our fraudulent attempts pass off. In fact, good customers don't pass authorizations as much as our fraudsters do now. So it's not reliable. There's going to be, we're on pace for 4 billion records being breached and stolen this year alone. So when it comes to stopping fraud, you cannot rely on, oh, does this name match this address? Does this name align with this card? Because it will, unless, you know, it's a kid in grandma's basement just trying to see what he can do. And, you know, it's kind of like dummy fraud, as we called it. But the common real deal fraud we're dealing with, they have all that information. So what counts helps add and what merchants really need is digital behavior um, analytics about how data points are being leveraged and where we've seen them and how they've been utilized to identify patterns and behavior of use of these identities to then identify, hey, you know, we're not saying that this name doesn't go with this card, but what we're saying is we see 15 other credit cards or four other devices Uh, associated with 35 emails associated with this order that's coming through. And we see all these other behaviors and patterns that are pretty indicative of fraud suspicion. So if I had to boil it down, you can't rely on clear cut database, you know, like, you know, is this a legit card or something that's, you're not going to catch the fraud that way in today's world or way past that. It's, you got to grab whatever piece of data you can about their behavior and how they're acting and the use of the data points. Well, I think that that is interesting. And I think that goes to, to one of the, the things that people have to realize is that uh, uh, fraudsters uh, and, and all criminals, I mean, this is true across the board, are going to get more and more advanced as we get more and more advanced. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is the risk of doing this in-house or doing this with somebody who worked in a fraud department at some other company and has limited experiences, you're not keeping up with the times. You're not keeping up with the speed at which uh, the bad guys, so to speak, are, are innovating and getting used to, to new tools. Right. I mean, you, you think about it this way. When I talk to merchants in the direct selling space, even the new ones, you know, just launched, they'll, you know, they'll say, Oh, you know, you know, we've got, you know, a couple people looking at orders and trying to check things and, you know, our, our chargeback rate's not too high. And then I'll talk to some established companies and they've got a whole fraud team. They've got like 10, 12 plus or more people just constantly analyzing data, trying to understand what they should do. And, you know, that's fine and they can do a pretty fair job. But when you add the ability to to gather insight and data that they absolutely have no access to or could do in-house without investing, you know, tens of millions of dollars in doing, um, it enables those teams to, A, maybe cut down 
automate a lot, but it just gives them more insight to make better decisions. So, you know, we just did a, a webinar with Young Living, Jamberry, and Isogenics. And they'll, you know, when we were working with them getting things set up, you know, they say, yeah, we still, you know, we still have some people looking at things that's greatly reduced. We don't have to be there on the weekends or on Christmas Day anymore. Um, so count really assists companies in making it easier to fight the fraud as well as improving their accuracy. I mean, people will say to us, oh, you know, our fraud rate's around 0.5%, well under 1%, our processor's not on our coattails. And we're like, well, do you want it to be at 0.1? They're like, 0.1? Well, yeah, what would 0.1% mean to your business? Oh, that'd be, you know, 50 grand a month in savings or avoiding loss. And we go, yeah, well, our merchants in the direct selling space are between 0.1 and 0.2. In fact, some of our larger ones are under 0.08, around 0.05%. So when they start understanding where they could be with less effort, that's when you know, that's when direct sellers start going, all right, maybe we, we do need to make an improvement here. Well, one of the things that I found interesting, uh, you know, you gave me the opportunity to listen to, to that webinar is talking about things you can look at that are maybe compensation plan specific, right? Uh, and, and maybe not even compensation plan specific, but people get cued on to the fact that, hey, if I don't place an order over $500, uh, then, then I don't get they think they're avoiding being triggered for fraud, but you can also look at velocity of orders, right? And saying, okay, but we've got this same ID bringing in uh, five different orders uh, of $100 each within 10 minutes. And that can can appear fraudulent. And also being able to, to pass information that's relevant to the way we do business in the direct sales space, like uh, enrollment date, uh, and, and things like that, where you can then create rules that are based on, on other metrics that, is that accurate? Yep. So you got to think of it this way. Counts providing a lot of digital data, a lot of information patterns, and we'll actually leverage our entire network. So every transaction that comes in from a specific merchant, we compare it across every merchant using count worldwide. So we provide a lot of insight, artificial intelligence, machine learning assessment, and all these things. Now you take that, it's going to automate and speed up a lot of things. But yes, you're going to have those unique things that you need to account for. And you can take that data, combine it with yours, create some rules to help out. It, it always pains me when I talk to someone and they say, oh, yeah, if the billing and shipping address don't match, um, and it's over $500, it's uh, auto decline, or we hold up for review. And we go, look, you know, there's so much more that should be behind that, or could, I should say, could be behind that. So you're definitely correct. And we want to help make those more insightful. So it reduces time spent, reduces the time to being shipped, um, you know, keeps the process flowing and opens up that funnel as much as possible. And you're not casting too wide of a net for your declining good people. Hey, yeah, my billion shipping doesn't match. Gosh, that's so normal. And yeah, I am ordering something $500. There needs to be some more behind it. What's their riskiness profile? You know, what did we find in the device? What did we find? Hey, maybe they're trying to disguise their true location. We need to have more information behind it to say, you know, that should be a hard decline. And that's, that's really what we're trying to help merchants do. Yeah, keep the fraud down, but let's open up the funnel 
and make accurate decisions and be a little bit more, you know, go into more risky things, open up different countries, launch virtual gift cards, all those things. That That's what we also want to enable them, uh, you know, the merchants to do, not hold back. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just literally probably 10 minutes before we started recording placed an order that was shipping to a, a different shipping address than my billing address. It was over $500. So I would have been one of those false positives. Uh, and, and yeah, that's definitely something, something that you don't want. Well, and think about it. Think about it this way too. What's the annual value of a customer for a direct seller or the annual value of a distributor? What's the lifetime value of a customer or distributor? When you start looking at, you know, what the cost of a false positive is, it becomes much greater than just that initial sale. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and we're coming into an interesting uh, time of year uh, with the holidays. So what is that? What do you guys see when it comes to holidays? Is that an increased fraud time? Uh, I mean, it certainly would seem to be that way for me because you've got people who are a little bit more strapped for cash. Um, but what do you guys see on your side? Yeah, any merchant that is has something that can be gifted. Uh, I mean, their sales are going up and their frauds going up. But even then, if you in a fraudster's mind, when you kind of get how do they look at things, when people's guards are down, or there's so much, it's hard for them to be on top of things. That's what they really try to exploit. So even if a a merchant isn't, hey, you know, Q4 is really not that heavy for us other times of the year well you know they're testing systems right now they're testing people's websites what what filters do they have in place how easy is it for me to crack in and then on christmas day new year's day cyber monday when it's just gangbusters you know they're going to town on it um and they're trying to sneak in there or hit you when you're the most vulnerable so any of you any of the direct sellers listen to this if you are Launching promotions, you you should know exactly what's going on in the holiday season. You should be aware of of people, you know, kind of passively testing out and reaching out, see what they can do, and then, you know, come on those days where no one's around or it's really busy, you can expect to see them there. And that's what a lot of what uh, you know, you know, a lot of our direct sellers have very good gifting and lots of parties going on by distributors. Yeah, and and a lot of promotions going on to help drive to drive that activity, and that is something uh, you know that I've I've worked with uh, different people in the industry who they've been surprised as they've gone in and consulted with companies, and 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 people say, oh no, we don't we don't have much fraud fraud happening, and then you get somebody with a trained eye who gets in and starts sifting through it. And, and there's no such thing in my experience uh, as an online business or a business with an online presence of somebody who, who isn't, doesn't have some level of fraud going on and isn't losing money somehow. Uh, but it's just whether or not uh, you're tuned into it and, and equipped with the tools to, to help fight it. Oh yeah. I mean, people, the way, the way I've, my experience in working with folks, sometimes people say, ah, you know, we're not going to invest in count. Like, ah, that's fine. You know, <laughs> um, there is times where, you know, people may not be seeing much fraud, but a lot of times they're putting, they're telling me, you know what, we're not going to invest in getting ahead of the fraud because we're going to wait until it's bad enough to justify the cost. And I always go, 
why wouldn't do you believe fraud is not going to increase and they always say no it's going to increase and why wouldn't you get in front of it now and it's you know the fraud team the e-commerce fans are always like yeah let's get in front of it now you know let's do this and you know companies you know and it's rightly so you know but conversions are keen new sales are keen hey our fraud's only a million dollars out of 35 million in sales this year eh we'll live with it um so they kind of wait till hell breaks loose on it, and there's really some misconceptions around a fraud solution. Ah, it costs money. Fraud's just part of doing business. Ah, it won't happen to us. We're different than Young Living or, you know, Herbal Life or whatever. And it's crazy to me because whenever we, like you said, you dig in a little bit and you go, well, your gateway settings, you've got, you know some pretty strict filters in place. You're probably turning away good business too. And they go, well, we're fine. We're, we're happy with where we're at. We're getting sales. We're still growing. And yeah, we're probably turning away good customers, but you know, it's keeping the fraud away. You know, and to an extent I can, you know, I can respect that and it's no big deal, but I, I've never met an online company who says, uh, or, you know, says we don't have, we never get fraud 0%. And, being able to deal with it, it can be really tough in an organization. I, in fact, I had a call with another pretty well-established direct seller been in business for over a decade, and I talked to the two people like, "Yeah, we're the fraud team," <laughs> and you know, I'm talking to these people, and they're doing so much work, doing all these cool things, and doing everything they can to try to keep the company growing and not being hammered down by fraud. And we go over what we could do to help them. Like, Oh my gosh, I wonder if we could sell this to our CFO though. They're almost a victim of their hard work and success because on the paper, it's not a huge amount, but something like this could a really nip it and then allow that company to not hold back. Like I said, maybe certain products or, or countries or places. So there's some misconceptions, but, um, you know, once the fraud hits, you know, they'll, they'll, all of a sudden one month, we went from a 0.1% chargeback rate to one and a half. Oh my gosh, you know, we've been identified and exploited or it slowly creeps up month after month. So it's uh, it's definitely interesting how folks view it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, I'll tell you, I've seen over and over again, people use a bunch of different solutions, but but it's always been well worth the the time and the money to get experts in who know what they're talking about like you guys do and, and really uh, fight that because it can be demoralizing it when your stuff ends up on, you know, quote unquote gray markets or on eBay or, or whatever. Uh, and, and you've got a distributor field out there really trying to, to make a living with this stuff. It, it, it has more of an effect than just, uh, the, the dollars and cents of, of, you know, what percentage of orders are, are fraudulent. So, uh, I'd encourage everyone out there to, to be thinking hard about this and to be, uh, planning for how you're going to, uh, address fraud. Um, because it certainly is happening and every day, uh, the, the criminals and, and the, the bad guys, so to speak, are, are getting better. And we appreciate your expertise, uh, Trent, and, and your time this morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Glad to be on here at MLM.com doing this podcast. And uh, yeah, appreciate the time. And everyone thinks their product's the greatest thing on earth. But 
you know, we've just seen it time and time again where accounts help on the companies, grow their revenues, protect brand image, like you said, reduce time internally and automate a lot of their process. It makes life a lot easier and you definitely see some real results. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and I want to give a special thanks to Trent and Count for their time and expertise, and also thank Adam Holdaway and Janet Bangeter for production support. We hope you join us again next time here at the MLM.com podcast.